Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. A DM in your Instagram that says, I would like to sell my home. Can you come over tomorrow? Like they're going to want to talk to you. Yeah. The more that you do to this house to get it ready, the more I feel confident pushing it. The goal at a listing appointment is when you get to the end of your spiel, do you have any questions? Oh gosh, no. No. That was everything. Hi y'all, welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi. Alyssa. Hey, Katie. (laughs) It's been a hot minute since we recorded one of these. I know. This is episode 143. Okay. The pre-listing process. I feel like this is a good one. I feel like it's a good one, too, because we have episode 79, which is buyers, buyers, buyers. Mm -hmm. And it goes through the beginning to the end, right? Yeah. From the moment you get them till the moment you close. But listings, we have more like pieces and parts of the process recorded. Um, So we have a staging episode. Yes. We have an open house episode from way back at number 11. We have a feedback episode from 110. We have a CMA episode from 97. We have a staging closet. So not just staging, we also have a staging closet. (laughs) We have a follow-up for listings, number 67, transitioning from buyers to sellers, so representing sellers, 62, The listing interview was 45. Wow. And does your MLS listing have good bones? That was all about the description. That was 42. Can you, and then stage to sell. Okay. So the original staging was 35. Okay. So there are a lot of, we've talked about listings, obviously. Yes. But we have never started at the, the, the beginning and gone to the end. Right. We've just done the pieces. And there's a lot of pieces. So I many mean, pieces. All the things that you just named could not fit into one episode. No. But they're all big parts of listing. Well, and ultimately, you'll never have a better business than taking listings. If you're not listing, you're losing. <laughs> that's what Connie tells me. I mean, that's true, though. And it's going to be even more true. We're not going to get into this, but I've been reading so much about it lately with this lawsuit in Missouri with the with NAR and the... There, they have been approved to move forward on a class action lawsuit that basically is saying sellers were overcharged by being forced, I'm doing my air quotes, to pay the buyer's broker side <gasps> and that all of that money is going to be due back. <laughs> I mean, talk about a can of worms. Yeah. Like, how can you undo that? Like, oh, I'm going to go back to all the buyer's brokers and be like, give us back all of our money from yeah, this time period. Work. How in the world? No. Because then... Most, a lot of times those buyers were also sellers. So it's not like they didn't pay either way. Like I said, we're not going to dive deep into this. But the point is, think there are rumblings and there are things happening. And there's going to come a time when you're going to have to ask your buyer to pay you. Sure. Just the way like we have to ask our sellers to pay us. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, yes, if you're not listing, you're losing. Yes. Because <laughs> that's how you, I mean, and that's the business hours business. Yeah. If you want to like normalize your life, level out the amount of buyers versus sellers. I know everyone listening who does mostly buyers and has been struggling in this market is like, how do I get listings? Yeah, I know. It, it, I mean, a lot of it comes with time and experience. And when you're new, your buyers now will be your sellers later if you did a good yes. job. Exactly. So you you kind of have to just start off. Buyers. Buyers. And you get the occasional listing and you're excited, but... It really wasn't until year like four and five, five. that I became more 50-50 buyers. I don't even know sellers. that I was, I don't think I was 50-50 until year seven, eight, nine. I'm still very 50-50. Uh-huh. I wish I was more like 80-20. Right. But I'm very 50-50 still. I just, 
I also, in the beginning of my career, because it wasn't in a seller's market, so I wasn't working with buyers wasn't difficult. Do you know right. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there were 30 listings that matched your criteria. You went out and looked at the ones you wanted to see. You picked one, you wrote an offer. You were probably the only offer. <laughs> I know everyone's like rolling their eyes at me. Oh, those like, can days. you imagine you were the only offer, you sold the house, you moved, right? So it's easier to like get through the process. But I would have told you to, I don't want listings. I was so afraid so afraid. And now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, y'all can do listings even when you're new. Sure. You totally can. All right. So let's start at the start. You get a phone call or a text or an email or a Facebook message that says, I would like to sell my house. Can we speak? Sure. Sure. Um, And you guys, uh, sellers will call you. Yes, they usually call. They're going to call. They have so many questions. They need to talk to you. Like, it's not going to be like, a DM in your Instagram that says, I would like to sell my home. Can you come over tomorrow? Like, right. they're going to want to talk to you. Yes. Um, okay. So when they first call, what are some of the things that you feel like you talk about, you need to talk about? What happens for Alyssa in this call? For me, that first phone call, I let them talk as much as possible. Yeah. I'm kind of just listening at that point and figuring out what their time frame is. Why do they need to sell? And I kind of save the meat for the appointment. Okay. I do tell them. What do you mean by meat? Just about diving into the process. Okay. And, you know, what we need to do. But I do tell them that I have a pre-listing email. Okay. That I like to send over that just has some things in it that I would like them to have ready for our meeting. Things such as a copy of your appraisal so I can verify, verify square footage. Um, the paperwork, like the property disclosure and the homeowner information sheet. Okay. The homeowner information sheet is helpful to me because on there, it asks them to list all the upgrades that they have done to their home. Like it's good for me to know that going into it. Okay. Um, but they, do they send this stuff back to you before you show up or do they just have it ready when you're there? I'm good either way. Okay. Cause I can glance at it and know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So either way. Okay. Um, a lot of times they just have it ready for me Yeah, when I get there. Um, but I know you have a good intake form that yes. you ask. Do you ask all these questions on the first on the phone, phone call? Okay. So I will tell you there's a difference between a seller call. It's Let's say it's a past client. Someone okay. I yeah, know yeah, yeah. and I have worked with. So I could be like, okay, great. I'm going to ask you the questions. Boom, boom, boom. We're going to go through all of them. If it is a more coldish type of lead where someone is calling me that found me online or maybe even was a referral from a past client and they don't know me, I'm going to get through as many of these as I can. But sometimes there's a little bit of hesitancy on their part, right? Okay. Like yeah. maybe I don't want to tell you my mortgage payoff. Right. And right, maybe right, I don't right. want to ask if I don't feel like we're vibing to that. <laughs> like I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable on this call because ideally I got to get in the house. Right. right, right. So I don't want to turn you off and just be like, now we're going to go through my my list of questions. Yes. And I'm going to, not that you shouldn't try, but I don't want to, and look, a lot of it, they're going to answer no problem. Most of it is describe your home for me. Mm-hmm. How many bedrooms, bathrooms, square feet? Have you made any major updates or changes? How long have you been there? Um, you know, is this where you live? Like you have to ask them, why are you selling? They're going to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Why are you selling? Is this where you live? And the first time I ever saw an intake sheet like this was I took a class at the board that Lee Brown gave. Mm. And I'm like, oh, it's genius. But you know her personality. She also asked things like, um, how would you rate your home on a scale of one to 10? 10 being a wow, like everything is perfect. It looks like it came out of a magazine and there's a 10 year old kid riding by on a bicycle. <laughs> like that's how she taught it. Or, you know, so that you can really paint for the, cause everyone's going to say their house is perfect. Mm-hmm. My house is great. Or, you know, like one being, you know, you can't find the bathroom cause all the lights are burnt out. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're going to ask them, you know, why are they selling? Who, who's the point person? Who else owns this house? That's like, so important. My gosh. What if this is like an inherited property or a divorce situation? Like you need, you need answers. Well, that goes to show right there. Verifying ownership is a big part of the listing. Oh my gosh. Um, the title company that we use recently did a class about that the new scams are okay. they someone calls you says they're from out of state and that they need to sell this property and it's usually like a vacant piece of land or okay. something okay you i don't know how they get through like all the title stuff 
if people would put their smarts to good use, right. they're so smart. Right. Um, but anyway, they basically falsify that they are that person. Okay. Fake driver's license. Oh my God. And then they get the check for the property. <gasps> like they sell the property they sell that isn't the theirs. Land. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh my God. But verifying um before you get into it, if if it's someone that has inherited something, mm-hmm. they may not even know that there are other heirs that have to sign off on it. Yeah, a lot of times people don't understand how secession works mm-hmm. or like what is the process. They're just like Especially in Louisiana, they're like, oh, you know, my husband passed away and we have three kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we got to go through all kinds yes, of legal stuff. Yes, who is your stuff. succession attorney? Right. They're like, what? Mm-hmm. I just need to sell this? No. Okay. So, yes, knowing who the owner is is key. How to contact these people. Yes. And also making sure that once you know who the owners are, that they are all going to be present for the meeting. Right. Well, here's the other thing. And especially in a divorce situation. Don't you be talking to one partner and the other one is getting their own agent too. Right. You know what I mean? I've had that happen. If they say, I'm in the middle of a divorce, say, okay, you're both still, you know, on the title, the mortgage that you both have to sell. Yes, we do. Are you both in agreement that you're so that, that that I'm going to be your agent? Ask the question. I had in my notes, if you have some, I think when we are in a, interview or new client situation, a lot of agents don't feel confident. They're they're wondering all these things. And like, all you have to do is ask. And you have to ask. You have to ask. The more you just you have ask, to be honest. The more professional you appear as well. Yes. So it yeah. puts them at ease. Yeah. It puts you at ease. You know, just saying, okay, do you mind me asking if you're interviewing other agents or... Okay, that was on my list to ask you. Mm-hmm. Do you always say that? I do. And what do you change, if anything, about the rest of the phone call, the way you tell them to prepare? Does anything change if they say, yes, do you want to be the first agent? Do you ask them, when are your appointments? I do try to be the last interview. Okay. But I don't change much. Like, I still give them the pre-listing email because I find that email impresses sellers. Right. They're like, oh, wow, she's giving me and you were the only information one. up front. Yes, many agents don't have systems in place where they're actually, they're like, okay, see you Wednesday at three. Right. And then they show up for the listing appointment. And they're like, oh, do you have a copy of your appraisal? Right. Like, and the seller's like, oh, I don't know. I have it somewhere. And then they spend 30 minutes looking for it and never find it. Everything is just a waste of time. Right. So I still treat it the same, yeah. very professional. Now, when I get to their house, if they are interviewing, yeah. I'm not going to spend 20, 30 minutes walking through your house telling you exactly what to do. Okay. I say things like, there are some things I have noticed that we will need to do specific to your home for photo day. Once you have made a decision on an agent, I don't mind coming back and we can do an actual walk through with a marketing consultation. Okay. But I do save my marketing consultation for my clients. So once you've made a decision, just let me know. I'd be happy to come back and we can get a game plan together. Okay. I like it. I have a sort of hybrid of that. Okay. If I know, it's funny when I'm teaching. So when I'm teaching sellers, I teach it just like we're doing this episode. From first call to listing is a section, and then from listing through closing is separate. Okay, so I see these things as two separate. I think so. Deals, right? Yeah. Like you're getting the contract for a listing, and then having to sell it is another thing. Okay, so a lot of times when I teach this, my students say, "Well, your process, it, it, it like your listing appointment process, your process seems like you're going in as if you have the listing." I'm like, "That's exactly how I go in." Yeah. As if I already have the listing, because that comes across to the person that you're in front of as, well, I I say, okay, well, let's, this is when we can schedule photos. I'm not going to be like, well, let me know who you decide to, no, these are the things we're going to do. And I just go in there and I act like I have the listing. Now, I'm not like free, like over the top, but I do do the walkthrough in the beginning, which we talk about in the old episode. And I'll take all the notes for the staging. Mm -hmm. And then I will say, listen, I have all my notes ready. And once you decide you're going to work with me, I will send you the typed up list of your staging, you know, information, like what you need to do. So that way they've seen me do it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I've got it all. I've got all my notes. I know exactly what you need to do. Now, I will probably throw out a breadcrumb or two of like, 
okay, do this, do that, mm-hmm. just so they can see, oh, I wouldn't have thought. Like, yeah, yeah. Because at some point, I also want to provide value where they're like, okay, well, I see that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I give them a couple of staging things, but I usually have a long list. So right. like, this will all come to you typed up once you decide. That's perfect. Also, I have, you know, my seller folder with all my information in it. That's the only other thing I change if I'm being interviewed. I'll say, okay, Maybe I leave them the folder. Maybe I don't. It's really situation specific. But if yeah. they're interviewing other agents and I was first, I'll be like, go through the folder. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to hang on to this. And once you decide that we're going to work together, I'll bring it back for you mm-hmm. with all the information. I'm not going to leave you your all s- your resources. Right. Yeah. All That's kind the of stuff. Yeah. I mean, so like the, it is a fine line because they need to see it and they need to know your value. But you also don't want to just be like, I'm going to do all this legwork on like, let's say your staging list. And then you're going to hire another agent who's cheaper. Right. Well, I've already given you value. Yes. No. You've taken all my value. No. And no, I no. think the key is communicating that you have value. Yeah. And that once we are in a working relationship together, you get all the value. Yeah. But you don't get all these things for free. No. I have had realtors that are working with sellers for months or weeks getting their home ready. And then they the seller sells to a friend. Look, it's happened to me. I know. I know. I, I look. It Me is too. an ugly. It is an ugly truth. That, but you at least want to try to account for that, right? Yes. In the way you handle them. Yeah. The other thing in that first phone call that I think is important is that you understand their motivation. Are they also buying? Is it in another market or isn't it your market? Is it your market? Do they need help with that? Do they need a referral if it's another market? Do they want to buy first and then sell? Like there are all these questions about some. Agents tend to assume it's all about the money. And mm-hmm. for a lot of sellers, it's not about. No. Maybe it's about convenience. Maybe it's about speed. Maybe it's like something else or or, or in like the case of you buying your flip. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't want to clean out the house. Like, right. What is the motivation? What do they need? So those are all questions that you try to get answered in that phone call. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, I think the mortgage is the only thing that I'm like 50-50. Sometimes I ask what they owe and sometimes I don't. So I kind of tell them, listen, you need to know what your mortgage payoff is. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to know right. what that number is, but I am going to send you a fee worksheet of how how to calculate what your check is going to be at closing. So it is very important for you to know your payoff. Yeah, I want to say this too, because it's happened to me more than I'd like it to happen to anyone. Sometimes the sellers are not current on their mortgage. Right. And if you don't ask, do you know your payoff? Is your mortgage current? Um, you could end up in a situation where you've done a lot of work and they're not even able to sell. Right. I actually had a listing interview two weeks ago and it went well. Um, she was getting divorced. So there were some, you know, it was kind of like a sad situation. But when I was leaving, she said, I do have one more question. I said, okay. And she said, do I need to continue paying my mortgage until we sell? And I'm like, please. Yeah. Yeah, yes. you do. Yeah. And it also led me to say, I just want to make sure that you're current. Right. She was like, I am. I said, okay, we need to stay current. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I had a, a, you know, a a recent client reach out and and they had done like a modification during COVID. Mm. Well, then I'm like, you need to talk to your lender because those are all structured differently. You might owe all of those payments when you close, like you've got to know the numbers and you can't be afraid to ask them because that's you can't serve them if you don't know. And there's been a few times where this is where it's important to have a reputable title company on your side. Oh, for sure. Where I have had a seller. So in 2016, in our marketplace, we had the big flood. Right. And there was a lot of SBA loans and other types of loans out there for people who didn't have flood insurance mm-hmm. to fix their homes. And I have had many sellers tell me, look, we got one of these loans. We're not really sure what that means. <laughs> you don't know what this means. Yes. And so... The title company had to look it up and tell me these are the liens that we see on the home and this is what they will owe at closing. Yeah. And we had to figure out, like there were times where the numbers were super tight. Yeah. And I was like, y'all, if we sell below 278, you're coming to the table with money. Right. But they need to know that up front. Right. Or else you won't get paid. And, and I also think it's important. Anytime you have conversations about money, commission, their mortgage, you need to follow it up with an email that says, Per our phone call, yeah. here is the net sheet mm-hmm. that we discussed. Call this person at this title company. Tell them you're my client. Ask them what this looks like for you. Yeah. 
because I need to be able to have in writing. I'll share a real situation I had recently that kind of surprised me. I want to hear it. I had a client who found a um, a house that wasn't on the market yet. Okay. Through like a friend of a friend. Sure. That's very common very these days. Very common these days. And so we went together okay. on to see it for the first time. Um, it was an inherited home. So the lady who owned it had inherited it. Okay. She was very kind. Okay. And we all sat down, me, my buyer, and the seller at the kitchen table. And we went through... We love the house. We would like to make you an offer. I am a realtor. It was kind of weird because I was having the conversation in front of my buyer, but I had already, like my buyer already knew. Because, yeah. So it really wasn't awkward to me. Right. She just sat there confidently, like, okay. like letting me do my thing. Great. So I told her, I said, you know, because I will be involved in this transaction, there will be a fee uh, for me to manage the transaction and get us to the closing table. Uh, I went over what that fee was Mm -hmm. and she said, okay, okay. And she said, well, what if I want to have a realtor also? Mm -hmm. I said, you're more than welcome to have a realtor also. Um, I want to let you know that they will also have a fee. So if you have a realtor in mind, you can call them and I can just work directly with the realtor. But but both fees will be covered from the seller's proceeds. Okay. I said, so that's your choice. If you feel like you need representation for yourself, um, you're welcome to also pay for that. And I was trying not to get her to put it on the market, you know? Right. So I said, one of the benefits of selling it now is that you would only have to pay like half of that fee. Right. So you're saving some money. So she said, okay, okay, let me think about it. So I said, great. So she called me like three hours later and said, hey, I want to let you know, I really appreciate you. I feel like you're very trustworthy. I would like to just work. I'm fine with just you handling the transaction. Okay. I said, great. Wonderful. So I typed the purchase agreement and I sent her a PDF to review and I have a offer delivery email Okay. that says the offer is in your email for signature, but here are the main things that you need to see. Yeah. This line is the price. This line is the closing date. This line is where the deposit's going to be. This line is the inspection period. This line says... That blank percent mm-hmm. will be paid to my company from the seller's proceeds at closing. Oh my God. So You're killing me like I'm dying. Where's this know, going? I know. So she has this email. Okay. Then she goes into AuthentiSign. Oh God. Signs it. Uh-huh. Everything's fine. Uh-huh. Until. And I will tell you, I helped this lady so much. Like I did a More lot than, for her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like had my contractor help her move things out. Like was very... I really liked her, okay? The day before closing, she gets the closing disclosure. Mm -hmm. And she sends me a pretty ugly text message (laughs) about how I have deceived her because there is money coming out of her side. And I will tell you, my heart dropped, but I was immediately relieved when I found my paper trail. Yeah, you're like, here it is. And I said, Mrs. Seller, do you remember sitting at the kitchen table? Now, if all I had... Was, was the sitting kitchen at the kitchen that table. Gonna do it, right? That was not going to do it. That was not going to do it. And I said, do you remember when I said you have a right to your own representation, but the benefit here is that I'm sa- I'm saving you money by getting this done before you have to even list it. Yeah. I said, and then I followed up with this email. Yeah. Screenshot email. And then you signed this purchase agreement. Screenshot the exact line I referenced in, in the writing. email. And it's a very, like, the offer delivery email is very short. Yeah, it's not hard to read. It's not full of clutter where she would have missed this. Right. And so she was like, okay, I guess I just, I don't know. That w- that seems like so long ago when we discussed all of this. And I said, well, I want to let you know, like, I would never try to take advantage of you. Right. I tried I in person, in email, in the purchase agreement. Like, it's there. I, I've been very upfront with you it the whole time. It. But the agents that don't have any kind of paper trail, some agents never discuss commission. How do you do it? They just send the listing paperwork <laughs> electronically. <laughs> Sign and, here, and people please. are like, click, click, click. Sign they don't read here. that. And they don't even wait. Read it. Wait, okay, that is a great point because another part of my preparing to go to the listing and then when I get to the listing is I have a seller net sheet. 
Yes. Everyone gets a seller yes. net sheet. Yes. No one is left behind. No All one. people get a seller net sheet. Now, do I send the seller net sheet in an email before I show up there? No. I want to talk to you about this in person, but it is in writing yes. on the sheet and then typically followed up in an email again in writing. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. <laughs> and after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have <laughs> copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I sure. have never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> to get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. We wrote them and yeah. you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. So we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send wonderful. you an email and we'll say, updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an s 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful hey enjoy but either way i am shocked that there are agents that do not do a net sheet and then even all right let's just say a, a less serious example they the sellers go to closing and they're mad because they have $500 in seller closing costs. They're like, right. well, what is this? Yes. You didn't tell me about well, this. You they just talked cancel about your mortgage. Yeah. And they're like, well, I didn't know that. I'm like, oh. I mean, I don't want to get yelled at over $500 on a $300,000 transaction. I right. Mean, right. On. But if you don't tell them what's going to happen, then they don't have any clue. Sure. Uh, so your net sheet is important. How do you, Alyssa Jenkins, prep to go now to the support? Okay. Before we go there. You hang up the phone. We're going to meet XYZ time. Bye. Goodbye. Uh, well, I, I usually don't schedule an exact time. Okay. <laughs> oh, because you tell them, do this stuff and get back to me. Yes. Okay. That's just how I roll. And I, it, it works for me. You need it because of your volume. It you works need for me. to save the time. I like to get there as soon as possible because I'm a micromanager and I want to see your home and tell you how to get it ready. The yes. way I want it ready. And I want you to review the You're checklist. You're like, just do this stuff well, already. Well, here's the thing. I tell them in the pre-listing email says, I have attached a checklist of things I look at. These are things I tell every house yeah. no matter what. I think that's fair. It is helpful for me if you have started this process so that I'm not there for two hours telling you to remove every photo right. and every dog toy and every whatever in your house. Do you know why I think I do it? Why? Because I am obsessed with a before and after and I love to take, see what yeah. it looked like. Yeah. Before, and not just even take the photo. I physically want to see it and feel like the same amount of wins that yes. they feel when yes. they're done with it. And that's just because I have the luxury of time. Sure. Right? I'm not taking that many listings. So I can go and be like, do this and then see how crazy, like, it is and then how great it is when they're done every now and then i'll get a little bit of feedback where they're like well like i can tell they're struggling with the list and i'm like that's okay i'll come by yeah but 90 percent of the time they're, like, they're okay. like thank you yeah they're like we'll they just have, do this yeah people like a list i know and then when i go it because you know I'm in and out in like 45 minutes. I know. Hour tops. So efficient. Hour tops. I do not want to be there for two hours. They don't want you to be there for no, two they hours. Really don't. So it's nice when I can say, wow, this bedroom looks great. The only thing I would move is the alarm clock. Yeah, check. Done. Great. Next room. Right. Because everything is is pretty much done. It's a it's a very basic list. And right. it also answers a lot of their questions. Like on that list, it says we're not going to take photos of your garage. If you want to store something oh, in yeah, your yeah, garage, yeah. like I can't tell you how many times on listing appointments before this list, they were like, well, well, what do we do with all our stuff? Can, do we, can we put it in the garage? Can we do this? Can yeah, we, like, but they down. have so much information mm -hmm. that when we get there, a lot of times they're like, 
so we noticed on your list that we could do this. So this is our plan. And I'm like, great, great. wonderful. Perfect. Um, and then in that email, it says, when you feel like you're at a good place, let me know and I'll come by for, and, and usually I'm there within two weeks. Okay. It's when do like you months. follow up if, if they haven't gotten back to you? Like how long do you give them to work on that? So after I send them the email, uh-huh. if I don't get some kind of like, thanks or, oh, great list or whatever, we'll yeah, be, right. if I don't get any kind of response the next day, I'm like, hey, just wanted to make sure you got the list. How do you think your time frame looks? Okay. Like I'm following, like I'm, so you kind of give them, get them to give you a deadline, the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's helpful mm -hmm. because sometimes people are like, oh, well, we weren't really planning on actually moving till the fall. You're like. I'm like, great, you have all the time in the world Fine. to work on this list. I'll put you on my prospecting list. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, all right, so at the end of this phone call, and now you've sent them this pre-listing email, the other thing that I always do, you have now received their address. Mm -hmm. Get out your mm -hmm. thank you card and mm -hmm. send the note. Write it with your hand, say how excited you are, whatever, because nobody else is gonna do that. Nope. Mm -mm. So I love to do that. That's an important step after that phone call. Yes, that's great. Okay. All right, so now we know how you prep and how they prep. Do you wanna hear how I prep? Sure. Okay. So <laughs> this is what I call my from first call to listing appointment in under 30 minutes. Like Perfect. I'm a Domino's driver, right? Yes. Okay. I have now gotten to the point where I have timed myself with a stopwatch. Yes. Okay. I received a phone call from a past client who bought with me 10 years prior in a track built neighborhood. Okay. okay. So easy to comp, right? I started my stopwatch. And do you want to guess how long it took me to prep? Like literally I hung up the phone with them and I prepped for the listing. 12 minutes. <gasps> 12 minutes and 37 <gasps> seconds. Wow. wow. Okay. So this is what I do. Okay. Number one. Yes. I grab out my pre-made seller folder from my office closet. It's already ready. Inside of there is my seller, my blank seller net sheet and the, the pre-listing stuff I need. Okay. Um, I pull up the email from my client if I have it so I can see what they told me about their house. And then I find the old MLS listing. Okay. When has this house been listed before? Now I print that. Mm -hmm. So I have now, I've got their net sheet and I have their old MLS listing printed. I always like to see like if they didn't, if they're not someone that bought with me. Yeah. I always look. I'm who like, is who it? Bought? Who was your agent then? And why aren't they your agent now? Why aren't I need to know. Uh, it's right. And also is someone going to be angry at me? Right, right. <laughs> I need to know who it is. Um, then I pull up a CMA. You and I both do the summary and a track built neighborhood. It's obviously very easy. I do the last six months print. Great. Okay. I actually print two copies of that. One is for me and one is going to go there and they will get to keep at the appointment. Um, then I review the comps and decide on a price. No, I have not seen a house yet. Yes, there is a chance that it will not be exactly what I have chosen. I pick a window. I usually am semi aggressive on price. And mm -hmm. if it's 10 years old, I mean, you have an idea, yes, right? Like yes. it's not completely crazy. So I look at my CMA, I decide on a price, I go to the tax assessor's website and confirm how much they pay in taxes. Print. Why? Because I put that in their binder later. So now I've got it in their folder and I oh, have, okay. like, so if they are like, blah, 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 I don't know. And I'll be like, oh, well, here's your tax bill. Yeah, that just makes you look good. Right here, Mr. Seller, I already know. Great. They're like, what? Yeah, oh. I already know. Great. And I have, and I need the tax amount to fill out the net sheet. Mm -hmm. If I don't know their taxes, how can I fill it out? So then I fill out the net sheet and then I grab my little manila folder and I put my copies. So the tax, the CMA, the old MLS, and the net sheet is in my folder. Okay. okay? And then in their folder, they have all of my normal stuff and their CMA, but I don't put the net sheet in there. Because I want them to walk me through the house. Yes. And I want to tell them all about what's in their folder before we are focused on numbers. The goal at a listing appointment for me is when you get to the end of the, the your spiel and you say, do you have any questions? They say, well, gosh, no. no. That was everything. If you answer every one of their questions, they are going to be like, well, great. Wonderful. Where do I sign? Where Where do I sign? So that's how I prep. So now we know how you prep. We know how they prep. And I do send that pre-listing email too. Um, I just don't force them necessarily to do all of that work. It is politely written and explained. I know it is. 
Yeah, I like it. I have no problem with it. Okay. So what do you bring with you? Do you bring anything? Because, you know, I'm a paper whore. Yes, I don't um, bring any paper. Do you bring your laptop in? I bring my laptop in. Okay. Tell um, us how's that, how that looks for the digital peeps. Okay. So I usually just bring my laptop in. Before I have closed it, I made sure everything is, like, closed out. <laughs> go, go, so go. whenever I open it with them, um, it's not like, oh, let me close out my Pandora and my Trello. Right. And they're like, I got a lot going on over here. <laughs> I usually have the PDF CMA summary. Okay. Open. Like, it's the only thing open. Okay. So, after we have walked through, Mm -hmm. and I tell them, like, I had an idea. I had a range. I did some research before, but I really needed to see your house. Yeah. So, let's look through some things together. Okay. So, I open my laptop. I connect to my personal hotspot on my cell phone. So, I'm not having to, like, ask for their Wi-Fi password. Love it. I start with the CMA summary and I say, okay, this is your neighborhood in the last nine months, six months, 12 months, depending how many houses there have been. Right. Your house has X amount square feet. So these six homes are the closest to you. Now let's just quickly look through the photos and see, okay, look, this one is like really updated. They had this, you have Formica, their bathroom's renovated. Okay, I just want them to see like- What's the comparison? Yeah. And then, oh, this house sold for less, but don't worry, it was in need of repair. And then we kind of end with, this is kind of the range. How do do you feel about this range? Mm -hmm. And I, that is the most telling part. Oh yeah. Because sometimes they're like, wow, that's a lot more than we thought. And sometimes they're like, well, my neighbor sold it for blah, yes. blah, blah. And I'm like, well, really? Because this says your neighbor sold it for blah, blah, blah. Oh, I, I have that <laughs> conversation all the time. Sounds like your neighbor told a little fib about what right. they got for their your house. Your neighbor said they got that, but yes. they also paid 10000 in closing costs. And I'll always like to remind them, listen, this is not my opinion. Right. I am basing this off of data the same way an appraiser would. Yeah. Even if we yeah. had a buyer that would pay three fifty. I don't know that an appraiser would would be able to get it to appraise. Right. So I'm just preparing you right. for a realistic yes. number. And if we get more, great. Right. And I tell them I'm all about pushing it, especially in this market. But you have to help me push it. The more that you do to this house to get it ready, the yeah. more I feel confident pushing yeah. it. And so I like sitting down with them because I feel like it kind of takes them... It's the part that they're the most nervous about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through it together with you yeah. in person mm-hmm. and gauge your face mm-hmm. and gauge your reaction and yeah. let them know, like, look, we could start there. Yeah. But I'm just letting you know I don't have data to support it. Right. So when agents ask me, hey, do you mind sharing comps? I'm not going to have a lot of ammunition. Right. But I do think in this market we could still push this. But yeah. I always like to say... This is the range based on these sales. What do you think about that? Right. Oh, yes. When I go through that net sheet, which is the very last thing I do, Mm -hmm. I go through every line, commission, price, the whole thing. And then I, at the end, I say, is this what you were expecting? Yeah. Like, is this what you were expecting it was going to be? Because you don't even need to know their mortgage payoff to tell them, here's the bottom line minus your mortgage payoff. Is Mm -hmm. this what you were expecting? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is way better than I thought. Great. Sometimes they're like, oh, I don't, you know, no, not really. Right. Sometimes the end of that conversation is, well, maybe now's not the right time to sell. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, not maybe in this market, but it has happened many times where I'm like, well, this is what you would get right now. You know, you could always wait another year or two or even that conversation for me has turned into maybe it's a good idea for you to rent it. Yeah. More than once, many times. So you just have to be um, realistic with it. But I do like to say, right, is this what you were expecting? Yes. What were you thinking was going to happen? I do want to go back to the CMA for a bit where you have it pulled up and are like, this is how this house looked and this I do make some pretty intense notes yeah even though I'm using that very basic CMA summary report on my copy of it I write in you know mm-hmm. renovated kitchen carpet in the bedrooms whatever whatever compared to the other houses so I know so yeah. I can talk about it because I've looked at it and I have looked at every photo of every mm-hmm. house I put on that CMA right I don't just pick them and then don't like you have to know Mm -hmm. if you haven't physically been inside, the least you can do is look at the photos. Yes. What about let's talk Mm -hmm. about interview questions. Okay. Okay. So you show up to the listing appointment. How do you prep for these types of questions? 
Um, and I have a list that I have seen. If you go Google, you know, interviewing a realtor as a in the public, there are all these like great blogs and lists like here, if you're going to interview a realtor, this is what you need to ask them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you better be prepared for these if you're going to get ready for your, and whether you're being interviewed or not, they still may ask you. You know, it's funny. I had a list and whenever someone told me they were interviewing, I would sometimes send it to the seller. So they would ask everyone. And say, hey, I, I think it's so wise that you're interviewing agents. I love we this. have over 3,000 in our market and they are not all created equal. You want to make sure you're working with a professional. Here's some interview questions you may want to ask everybody. I think that's genius. <laughs> I mean, because you know the, how to answer them. Yeah. All right, here are a few. How long have you been selling real estate? There's no wrong answer to this, but you better have a talking point if they ask you. If you're like six months, be like, I am so eager to get you know going. I have lots of time for you. You will be my top priority. I have all of these you know support systems at my office. My broker checks everything. I, you know, whatever it is, right? If that's the answer, it's the answer. But yes. at least have a talking point as to why that's a good thing. Yes. I'm very excited to work with you and you are my top priority. And that's where I think the company becomes so important. Yeah. Like how much support you have and how are the company numbers? Right. Like, do they know the company that you're with? Right. Because if they don't know you and they don't know the company that you're with because it's too small, it could be problematic to get started. Yeah. But if you say, look, I've only been in the business six months, but I have to tell you, the office that I work for is so reputable. The training has been amazing. They're going to be helping me every step of the way. This is what the company does for advertising. You just have to be able to sell it. Yeah, sell it. Exactly. Okay. They may ask you if you're full or part-time. I'm not going to dive into every one of these questions. Just be prepared. Um, How many homes did you sell last year while representing a seller? Again, just have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. What was the average days on the market of those sales? This is the stuff I put on in my resume because I have stats, right? Sure. So I could just be like, Average days on the market, this. Now, mm-hmm. that is so market dependent, right? Yes. Like if the if it's a buyer's market, then maybe days on the market is longer, but it will be for everyone. Right. It's not like you're going to be an anomaly. Um, this is the number one, number one stat that they could potentially ask you that most agents don't know. And it is, what is the average list price to sale price ratio? I hate that question. Do you Do you know it? Do you answer it? I have it on my resume. Um, I don't think I have a, checked it lately. I don't know if I've been asked that in a long time. Yeah. I think I had one seller ask me that before. So it only really happens if you're interviewing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It's not like something they're going to ask you or even know to ask you if they're a referral or they're a past client. You know, they're not. But the point of this question is, and also can be falsely um, positive or negative, If your sale price to list price ratio is, so basically what I'm saying is Katie takes listings at an average of $200,000 and they sell at 98% of the list price. Well, great. That makes it look like I'm doing a good job on negotiating. Sure. But what if Katie's not so good at reining in her clients and she lets all the $200,000 listed for $250,000, but then they have to come down. Right. So now my ratio is 90%. You know what I mean? Like the number is... I don't think it's indicative of how good you are. I don't either. That's what I, especially in a market where things aren't flying off the shelf. Right. It's the and market. I, I can remember when I was asked that a few years ago, it was a time when things were not selling over list price. And, and you know, sellers sometimes would want to start higher than I felt comfortable with, but not so much that I wouldn't list it. Right. And then we would just come down. Yeah. And you know what else that affects? Your days on the market. Yes. So like, that's the other... But, you know, I think it's an important point. You can talk to a a potential seller and be like, look, these numbers don't matter into my effectiveness. But it's also kind of a good indicator. How well are you reining in those sellers? Yes. Like, are you getting it listed correctly? Are you doing a good job of interpreting data to even know what that number is? I think that's a good point. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's something to think about. Um, And that's the one that it's a deer in headlights. Because if they ask you that and you don't know. Yeah. Like, what are you going to... What are you going to say? Right. Um, Okay. How how many pending transactions do you currently have? Why is this important? I mean, if I want to tell a seller, I don't want to tell a seller I have 40 pending transactions. Mm -hmm. I want them to feel like I have time for them. Sure. So typically, and has always been the case, I have a philosophy. I don't want to have more than 10 pendings at a time. Sure. It just doesn't work for my business plan. Okay. 
And then I can tell a seller that. And I can tell them why. Right. The whole point is that you can have whatever business you want as long as you can tell your client why. Mm -hmm. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? How does it benefit them? I have a listing coming up that's going to be like in the 800,000 range. Uh It had been listed previously with a part-timer. And so she's feeling like she should have interviewed. So oh, she has been uh-huh. interviewed. She interviewed me pretty intensely. I guess. Asking me a lot of questions. After a failure. Yes, after a failure. Right. Um, I'm not a luxury listing agent. I have a handful a year that I do. Um, it's just not my sphere, I guess. Yeah. But she asked me to send her a link to any active listings I had as well as any luxury listings that I have sold. Okay. So I just went into MLS and did the price range and my name and said, here's a link to all the homes that I have listed and sold in that price range. Yeah. And here's a link where I represented the buyers. Okay. I don't think the dates even really mattered. Yeah. I mean, just it's prior experience. Right. 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 And so she was a little more, I think the luxury listings too, they kind of do want, someone that has some experience there. And so being able to share some of that. Mm -hmm. And if you're new, you can say, here is a link to all the listings in our office of luxury listings. If it's like a big listing opportunity, use your office data if you don't have your own data. Right. I think that's a great idea. Um, The rest of these questions, I'm not going to go through, but some things that will probably have come up in your presentation, like, do you use a professional photographer? How do you communicate with the seller? How do you schedule showings? Like, how do those processes happen? If you've covered them during the course of your um, presentation, then they won't have these questions. That's the key. Yes. Answer their questions. I'm already going to answer all these questions before you have a chance to ask me, right? Yep. And episode 45 is the listing interview. Yep. And I think we dive into the actual interview portion yep. a lot more mm-hmm. in that episode. So if you have a listing, sometimes I listen to that episode on the way to listing. Do you? You're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now like, I remember. I pep talk. Um, okay. Any other stats, information, stuff you need to be prepared with when you go that you can think of? No, I think it's just really listening so that you know what follow-up questions to ask. Yeah, I think that um, one of the other questions that Lee would ask on her intake was, um, can you list three qualities of a great realtor? Hmm. Or like, you know, so... What's important to you? Under What's important to you? You, you will never know if it's money or time or convenience unless you ask. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't even know until you ask. They're like... Well, you know what? I'd sell it a little less if I could get it done with one showing. I've encountered a lot of situations lately where it's I'm getting called for a listing and f- they're not people that I had known before. And so this is actually their first time selling a home. Oh, first time sellers are great. Niche. I know. People talk about first time home they buyers do not talk a lot, about first time sellers. They don't talk about mm-hmm. first time sellers and I always start off by asking, like, have you ever sold a home before? And they're like, no, we haven't. We're not really sure how that works. Yeah. And it's a good segue into our compensation. Mm -hmm. Well, you may have noticed that when you were a buyer, you personally did not compensate your realtor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We always wondered how that worked. You're going to do it now. (laughs) Here's how it works, Mr. Seller. And I'm going to show you. This is when you work with the agent, there are fees involved with selling your home. And then we go through the whole process and they're like, okay, I always wondered how that worked. Now, you know, now, you know, the more, you know, but so many people are scared to have that conversation. They're like, please don't ask me how I get paid. Please don't ask me how I get paid. Like you have to stand. But look, if you show up to a listing appointment prepared, Mm -hmm. then you don't feel afraid to do like if you show up with nothing. You're not prepared. You don't know anything. You're just hoping that they hire you and like you have no plan. Then, yeah, you probably should be nervous about these questions that are going to get asked. Yeah. Okay. I love, I love all first time sellers. I know. If I was starting again. I love them. I think that would be a great niche to like market to. Mm-hmm. What I went happened? To one recently and I just was like, I just love you guys. I love a first time seller is great. And they just are so thankful because mm-hmm. they don't have a clue. Right. They don't know the process. Look, then first time sellers are the least likely to for sale by owner. 
Yeah. I mean, that, and really, there's hardly any for sale by owners anymore. I know. Those stats are so low. Okay. Are you ready for a toast or do you have something else you need to tell us? I know that it's in our templates course, but I was going to just briefly run through like what's in the pre-listing email. Feel free. So in the pre-listing email, I usually start off by like thanking them for the phone call, for thinking of me to be their realtor. Um, Attached in this email, you will find the state property route. The state required property disclosure, I like to send it ahead of time to give you time to fill it out. My personal homeowner information sheet, tips to get your home ready for pictures, along with a blurb about why, a copy of my resume and my sales numbers. When I come to your home, we can walk through together. Um, Please review the checklist. Let me know if you have any questions. And then it just has those attachments. Um, I added... If I'm not interviewing, Mm -hmm. I have a copy of the net sheet. With it. With it. That's a great point. If I know that I'm not interviewing or if I'm trying to talk through, maybe they don't know if they want to sell or not or they're far out and it's a past client, I have no problem sending a net early on. It's not filled out. It just lets them know. What it is. Hey, if you want to plug in Mm -hmm. some numbers... At least you know ahead of time. Yeah. If I'm having a seller reach out to me that's trying to decide if mm-hmm. they're going to sell, not decide if I'm their realtor, like I'm their realtor, but they don't know if they, and I need to send them a net so they can make that decision, then I will. Right. I mean, like I maybe they're like, well, we're going to list next year. I'll be like, well, these numbers aren't the numbers that it's going to be, but I can tell you what it is right now. Yes. Sometimes that encourages them to sell now. I know. So why not? And I tell them too, like we're, I'm here having the interview today, but if we list in two or three months, I'll need to just recheck all these numbers right. and make sure, see if any sales have hurt or helped us. I actually have now a disclaimer on all of my net sheets Ooh. where I sign them with a date And it has a note at the bottom that says these numbers are only good for this current time period. You know what? This is a moment in time. You know, we will have to check additional numbers if, you know, we don't list within X amount of time, whatever. Okay. But the important part is that you have signed it and dated it and said, this is the this is the value today. Right. This is the these are the numbers today. I mean, we can't, I can't be sure if you don't sell for a year, it's not going to be the same. Sure. And it might be lower, y'all. Mm-hmm. It might be lower, so you have to be careful. Okay. I'm ready for our toast. Let's toast it. Okay, so this toast is from Katie Kirkham. Huh. Katie is in Mill Creek, Washington. Okay. Um, shout out to Windermere Mill Creek, Diana and Chris. They are a husband and wife powerhouse. They both have been angels. Oh, angels. Agents. they both have been angel agents for many years and have now turned their passion into coaching new agents i got my license in august and was barely holding on with brokerage i was at wasn't sure if i should join a team or stay solo but i was struggling then i found them in the end of december and they have been a breath of fresh air they are so helpful and kind everything you'd want in a managing broker as a new agent that's lovely sometimes you just gotta find where you belong gotta find the right people so cheers to diana Chris and yeah. to Katie, thank you for that toast. And um, yeah, you do. You have to find the right, mm-hmm. the right. Glad people. you found it. I know that's awesome. Okay, cheers. Goodbye, y'all. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.